0: Dear friends, good evening, good evening. I'm here with Angela Myers. She's an educator. She is a person of the new era. She believes that all people matter. And she is working with millions of students and uh, military camps and teachers and educators. Her TED Talk became so important and so famous that people couldn't stop watching it, including me. So, the name of this TED Talk was You Matter. And now, Angela is running the movement that is called You Matter. Dear Angela, as an educator, as a person who is working in this field for 31 years, you know, because you look 35, it's very funny to say that you're working 31 years in education. But anyway, tell me, please, what is your movement about and why uh, every person matters, in your opinion?
1: I started well, thank you first for allowing me to be here and share this message with your community, with the world. Um, it is literally my mission. It always has been, but I started my career teaching grade preschool and and kindergarten, which is five years old, and I stayed in that grade for eight years, and I didn't go outside of that little bubble. And every five-year-old on the planet that you meet does what I call owns their genius. They are so confident. They are so secure and brave. They know deeply who they are. They come to school every day. They enter the world every day recognizing that they matter and that they are here to have their presence known. They don't do this from a place of jealousy, and they don't do this from a place of ego. They do it from a place of humility and responsibility. If I'm a dinosaur expert and I keep that inside, if you watch them, it literally looks like they're going to burst. They're not shouting out, I'm a dancer, I'm a singer, I'm an artist, I'm a dinosaur expert, because they want to brag They do that because they want to teach that to you. They want to give that to you because they understand that it is our human responsibility to share the gifts we've been given with the world with no expectation of reciprocity. What is
0: happening with us? You said before that at the age of eight years, kids start hesitating. They start hesitating. Am I good enough? Can I do it? will people laugh at me? I'm not talking yes. about people who are 30, they're completely not sure, unsecure, right. they have these voices who are telling them stop doing it, you're nobody. That's What's
1: right. happening with us? Why? So one of the patterns that, that, that pushed me to make this a movement is I would get on stage and I'd be surrounded, I'd do lots of live events, With hundreds and hundreds of children, and I saw every grade level from preschool all the way to graduate school. And I started the day or I started the conversation with this single sentence You are a genius, and the world needs your contribution. And I followed it up with this question. And this is a question that I ask your audience as well Do you believe me? When I say to you, You are a genius, do you believe that? Genius is some DNA anomaly that you get blonde hair, I get brown hair, you get blue eyes, I get green eyes, and you're a genius and you're not. That is a 100% false. Genius is our birthright and mediocrity is the anomaly. Five-year-olds don't know that. They understand how to live their birthright. So when I ask five-year-olds, do you believe me, every hand goes up a 100% of the time. And then as I move up the grade levels as early as grade two, which is just two or three years later, I start saying, do you believe me that you are a genius and the world needs your contribution? And I start seeing the elements of hesitation. I'm going to look to my neighbor to the right. I'm going to look to my neighbor to the left. I'm going to make sure my teacher thinks I can say that I'm a dancer. And by the time you get to 15, 16, 17, Zero hands go up. They laugh out loud at me. They think it's a ridiculous claim when I say you are a genius because they have bought into the myth, the myth in school, the myth in our homes, the myth in our world, that genius is some anomaly and only a few have a right to share what they have with the world. And that's what's wrong with the world because 99% of the world holds back, hesitates, does not share, does not contribute, and they wait for the world to be better and they without showing what they can do to make it better and that's a practice. Well, uh-
0: Imagine, Angela, if what you are saying, if we can bring this message to people that everyone matters, it doesn't matter, are you a a bookkeeper, are you selling books, or you are selling chips, or you are cleaner, or you are president, or you are cosmonaut, or you are figure skater, what do you think, how it's possible to assure people? Because they will say, okay, it's uh, easy to say for Angela, she's from Canada, she's uh, an educator, she's 31 years doing that. But for me, I'm living in Spain or I'm living in uh, anywhere. I cannot do that because I'm from a poor family or maybe I don't look that good as Angela. Uh, So how to stop these
1: hesitations? So is to go back to truth and the truth is there is no and if when because this is a statement of truth you are a genius and by genius i mean a human being that has a gift to share that others need that can impact others that has a perspective an experience that can help solve a problem or make an impact in a way that hasn't been thought of before. One of my favorite old videos that I show to students and to grown-ups is a very, very old hidden tape of Steve, Steve Jobs, the head of Apple, which everybody called him a genius. And he said, I remember this moment in my life like it was yesterday, where I looked around the world and I was told that the world is what it is, and you should stay in your lane and try not to bump into anything and have a basic life. And then I realized that the world around me was created by people that were no smarter than me, people that were no better than me. And once I realized that I have a place in this world and that I can change it in my own way, Everything changed. And if we can get to that Steve Jobs moment with human beings to recognize that the world around them is shaped by them. They are not just in this world. They are of this world. And they have a chance to change interactions. And it is as simple as showing up as your full self every day no hesitation, no doubt, and recognize that every single human being sitting next to them that they think is better and smarter and wiser is feeling the exact same thing. And I have proof. <laughs> so I am on this new um, this new platform called Clubhouse. Have you heard of Clubhouse? No, never. The new social media platform. And I want you to mark the name of this because I think there is an evolution starting. It is the anti-Twitter, it's the anti-social media where influence and power and prestige doesn't matter, where contribution and value are the commodities shared. It is an an application that's in beta right now and it is voice only. And you don't show your whole profile where like you have 10,000 followers and you have a million followers. You have to go on it and share your story. And it is these serendipitous connections between human beings sharing value with one another, having deep conversations with one another. And that's what our world was built around. Individuals coming to a clubhouse or a community hall and sharing their life experiences, their perspectives, their stories, their ideas, their thoughts, if there is judgment if there is shaming if there is any anybody interfering with someone sharing their story the entire community says you're not allowed because that's not allowed here judgment and shame and ridicule everyone has something of value to share so i think you are saying that all things that are happening, it's
0: not about bullying, it's just because of our judgments. For example, you know, uh, for many people, especially who are adult, we even don't yeah. care about these followers, because all this started just recently, and right. uh, let's say in Russia we say yeah that means me i is yeah. the last letter in the alphabet so we okay. were taught like that so don't say me 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 mm. let uh, your things what you are doing will tell about you but nowadays it's completely different in the era of instagram and facebook yeah. and everything that you should say me 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 which is not elegant which is uh, at the end of right. the day not modest that's why there
1: is a bit of contradiction i agree And so when you said, when does this start, it's culturally embedded to hide your genius, recognizing that it's easier to control people, it's easier to manage people. Schools weren't built anywhere in the world to unleash the genius that exists within every human being. Institutions weren't built to help individuals thrive. They were built based on conformity. They were built based on control that is not going to move our world forward. If we don't have, it, it's such a paradox. We say we want innovation, we say we want diversity, but our systems aren't set up for diversity of thought, diversity of perspective, diversity of insight. They're set up for individuals to be on a hierarchy, to be followed. But in essence, that's not how problems get solved. I have watched in person where a room of strangers. So the largest event I did was 6,000 students, kindergarten through 18 years old. And I gave them 48 hours to tackle the world's most audacious problem. And they had one hour to decide if they were going to stay and be brave. And by brave, I didn't mean do something historic. By brave, I said, you bring your full self. You don't hide your ideas. You don't operate with hesitation and you absolutely step into uncomfortability because the opposite of courage is comfort. And we like comfort. We like staying safe. We like staying hidden. So it's our job as leaders to create spaces where people don't want to be hidden, where people feel a moral obligation to share their gifts because we're putting them towards something bigger than ourselves. And that's a key feature is the, the way that you get people to open up, the way you get people to be um, just, uh, what do I want to say, relishing with who they are, even when they're scared, is when the problem or heartbreak is big enough. What I say, genius needs a reason to show up, which is why you see the best of humanity showing up in the worst of times because people see a need and it is their biological urge, like a house on fire to come out and say, well, I've never shown you that I could do this, this and this, but I'm needed right now, so I act. And that's absolutely under- angela
0: of course during the wars during the time of yeah. fire or even when you need to save the kids uh, yeah. every mother becomes a tiger to yes. protect to yeah. save to help and you know the and I- even our platform is called hidden hero to yes. open this hero yes. to go up because it's hidden and it's yes. hidden it won't be hidden till 90 years old when the time to die it's that's better right. to open before you are dying what tips or advices angela you can give to the parents of um, kids who are four, five, six years old, yes. who are not that big enough. How to, uh, you said that the five, they still believe they're genius. How to how to keep this feeling till they are 30, 40, and
1: 60? I think the first piece of advice, and this is a piece of advice that is one of my biggest regrets as a parent, is that recognizing That the world your kids are growing up in is fundamentally different. And this is the first generation of young people where the concept of impossible does not exist. They see impossible being defied every 140 characters. So that concept that this can't be done or you're too young or it's not enough. That's a real history for us. But that is not a history for them. So do not let our histories affect and inform their future. And the most important thing that we can do for our kids is ask them, implore them to talk about what matters to them, and then listen. Don't listen with, wow, that dream is ridiculous. Wow, that is impossible. Wow, you'll never do that. Listen To what our young girls and our young boys are saying about their vision for the world. And what is stunning is that they have one. They have one because they have access to a worldview, a connected worldview that you and I never had, that we've never experienced. And the potential for them to move forward in pursuing that view, that dream, that audacious goal is only afforded if we get out of the way, if we don't interfere and stop them and say, oh, that's so silly. Oh, that will never happen. Oh, that's a ridiculous idea. That's, That's exactly how innovation happens with ridiculous ideas that everyone that you went to said was impossible until it was done. And those will be carried on by our children if we allow that to be.
0: So it's more about asking questions, allowing them to say their opinions and believing that uh, with what uh, they are saying that it can happen, Um, you know, forgiving the space. Even if we we don't know that, if it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist, it doesn't mean that it's not possible. So we should give them the chance and we should believe that it's possible. Uh, yes. You make one concept which you, score, you call technology humanology. Now yes. we are all in technology. How yes. can we make this uh, very boring, very not interesting life in Zoom, in all this yes. where we want to see each other? but? I'm now in Kazakhstan and you in uh, Canada, which are completely two different parts of the world. We will never meet each other. How we can use this boring
1: technology That's right. to humanology? So humanology is the combination. So my background is actually neuroscience, but I have been a student of science, studying anthropology and sociology and psychology and biology to understand human behavior at the molecular level and how the platforms that we inhabit the spaces that we inhabit are an extension of human behavior and if we understand that it is fascinating the psychology of what's happening with platforms like clubhouse why is it scaling down and going back to what would seem remedial and basic there's no fancy tools the only thing you can do in clubhouse is raise your hand to talk or leave the room quietly. Meaning if you're not willing to contribute to the conversation, you can just leave the room. You won't be judged, but you will contribute. So when you look at that, technology can expand and should elevate human needs and behaviors. And the deepest of all those needs, again, beyond food, water, shelter, and air, is to be seen, to be heard, to be valued, And to understand that you are essential and have a chance to show that. So maybe we'll never meet, but that does not mean that we won't be friends. That does not mean we will not stay connected. That doesn't mean we are unable to have deep conversations to make an impact together, to collaborate together. You can tell when someone shows up fully human. And that's why we made a connection this morning. I feel like. I have been talking to you for years. I, in some ways, could imagine literally collaborating with you. Like, I can feel your heart. I truly mean that. Or you could work beside somebody in the same office building for 20 years and not know a thing about their story. We have a chance to be radically transparent and courageously vulnerable with each other through these mediums. We can see each other in different ways than we do when we're sitting in an office and the objective is work and not one another. And so it is how we use these technologies, not that they exist, but how they exist to forward what should matter most to us. And I think of all the things in the pandemic, that's the silver lining, that crisis is a clarifier. It helps um, shift down what matters most. And I would have never said this before because I do over a hundred live events a year and it was crushing to me when I was not able to see people, to touch people, to hug them, to feel their energy. And I thought literally that my purpose in life was over. And then I recognize it's just shifted. They're, that is still the purpose, to see people, to touch them, to hear their stories, to feel their love, to celebrate their hidden hero, to unveil it and uncover it with them. And I've been able to do that more at scale, not being face-to-face through these technologies than I was sitting face-to-face next to somebody.
0: Angela, it's very inspiring that you are doing that that you are thinking about people that you are thinking about kids which are the most unprotected but at the same t- time who are very resourceful and very powerful genius already, and the most important not to break their gen- not to break genius in them that's what to do. Yeah. Uh, as my last comment and thing, what you will wish to all these hidden heroes who are afraid, who think they are not good enough, who are from poor family or who don't uh, graduated from Oxford, or even if they graduated from Harvard or Oxford, they right. think, oh, we are still in the Forbes, we are not in the Forbes list, so we are nobody. That's because right. all our friends are there. What you can recommend them? What you can
1: give them as advice? So I actually wrote a manifesto because mattering isn't a proclamation. It is a practice. It's a practice that seems very common sense, but it is not commonplace because we don't see worthiness as a discipline. We don't see it as critical to our health in the same way we do like eating right or exercising or taking care of our physical being. This is emotional hygiene, and we need to have a ritual around that, like brushing our teeth every day. So I wrote a manifesto that has eight principles that remind us of the things that we have to practice embodying every day. It starts with the number one sentence, you matter, you are enough. So I'm gonna challenge the community and you're gonna think I'm crazy and that's okay because most everybody does. But I'm gonna ask you to actually find a sheet of paper. Find a sheet of paper and write that down. You matter in really big words. And underneath it, write, I am enough, exclamation point. So you matter, period. You are enough, exclamation point. And I want you to take this piece of paper and put it in a place that you're going to see it every day put it on your mirror put it on the visor of your car put it on the flip of your laptop and here's the challenge this is the discipline practice it takes the brain at a minimum at a minimum 30 consecutive days to build a habit because nobody as an adult has to tell you to brush your teeth. I bet every one of you brushed your teeth this morning without a call from your mother. The reason is because you have made it a ritual and the act of not doing it is actually icky. That's when you know that it is embedded in your, in your being. When the act of not doing it feels icky, then you know, you don't have to practice it anymore. But until then, for 30 days, I want you to say this out loud. I don't care if it sounds ridiculous. You're not hurting anybody. You don't have to tell no, anybody.
0: No, no, no. You know, Angela, it sounds very nice.
1: You matter. I'm enough. I'm enough. I'm I'm enough. Matter.
0: I matter. Oh, I'm enough. Yeah. I matter. I matter. I'm enough. It That's sounds right. very nice, very peaceful, very happy, uh, very true. Yes. It sounds very true it feels very true.
1: I'm enough. I matter.
0: And uh, I think these things, uh, they really connect better than something else. It's not about, because when you are enough and when you matter, for other people it's very, very comfortable to be with the person who is like that. Because when you are with the person who knows that he is enough and he matters, you feel connection with him and he will yeah. support you and you will support him. You know, when the cup is enough with the kindness, with good mood, with health and with the yeah. support, it becomes one. That's why the words that you told us, these things, mm-hmm. they're very big and they're very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're doing is very, very important, especially now mm-hmm. when there is so many things going on. You know, it's like uh, when the one thing, Happening, but when there are 15 things happening every day, it's too much. And I think, uh, you know, I matter, I'm enough. It is very, very strong words that will put you, you know, in peace. That's you know, exactly and right. I will try to practice it for 30 days. I will let you know what's yeah, happening.
1: Please. Uh, I'm I very, very happy
0: you. to be with you. And uh, I will get in touch with you let, uh, later because I have a lot of ideas that I want yeah. to share with you.
1: Good. Thank and you so I will send you the manifesto. I have an image of it and you can share it with the community. And please have people connect with me. I do all my own social media because I want you to know that you're speaking to me. And whatever platform you're on, what Facebook, Twitter, email, I'm Angela Myers at all of it. Angela Myers at Gmail. Angela Myers on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, this, is, this is our time. Um, and I, I love that this is Hidden Heroes because I believe that. You don't have to run into a building on fire to save children. But you do have to show up as your full self, that's the bravest thing that you can do. And if everybody came to the world, recognizing that they were enough, we would have a very different world. Thank you
0: so much for your beauty, for your inner and outer beauty. Happy to know you, Angela, you're a superhero. I feel the same, thank you so much.